Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Devin McCoy, and this is the Dirt Bike Journals. Now, if you're new to the podcast, the Dirt Bike Journals is a place where everyday riders can share their stories and experiences riding dirt bikes and how dirt biking has affected their lives. So if you're interested and want to share a story, please let me know. Send me an email at thedirtbikejournals at gmail.com. Also, like, share, subscribe, all those things really help us grow. So thank you. Brennan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So the the way that I came across you and your story is I was scrolling through Instagram and somebody had a picture of their bike all torn apart, getting fixed and repaired from nasty wreck. And the guy asked the question, what's your gnarliest wreck? And I don't remember everything that you said, but we'll get into it. But you got to, you got to list off everything that happened to you when we get there. Cause that's what caught my attention. I was like, man, that was, <laughs> that was gnarly. So, uh, but let's, let's start out with the, with the, uh, with the basics. Uh, we know your name, Brennan. Uh, where are you from? Uh, I live in, uh, McAllisterville, Pennsylvania. It's just a small town. Uh, well, I mean, probably it's like 50, 50 miles or so, you know, north, northwest of the capital in Harrisburg. So what I normally tell people, the big landmarks for Pennsylvania is Harrisburg and then Penn State, because everybody knows they're Penn State football. So we're kind of like that gray area in the middle where there's more cows and chickens than there are people but <laughs> but i mean that kind of that was part of the reason why growing up i was you know ended up on dirt bikes and stuff doing all that just yeah. that was kind of just the thing and stuff everyone did but i i've lived in uh the central pa area basically my whole life the okay. uh very cool in the last couple of years i moved like one like one town over so once i kind of got a little more established into my adult life but i'm 25 so i'd say established and kind of still <laughs> in the earlier parts of it i guess you could say but well that's great um so pennsylvania what kind of riding are you doing out there um well when i first first started it kind of was all just like i, I think well I, I mean just about me and every every other kid that started on a dirt bike it was pw50 the good old good old yamaha back <laughs> Back when okay, I was, man. uh, oh man, I don't even know. Probably like, dude, it was probably like four or five years old. I had the training wheels on at the governor, so I couldn't go more than like five miles per hour or something, which I'm sure my, yeah. I'm sure my mom appreciated back, back in the day and everything, but <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So it was really just a lot of screwing around in like fields and just going to buddies places and riding around. I didn't really step into the, I really didn't do too much of the, too much off-roading and stuff for really motocross until probably like 20 2016 or so which I mean, it doesn't feel oh. like it's been a long time but it's been considering i've been riding just about my whole my whole life and then uh motocross is kind of more on the tail end so I've, I've been i've been doing that for probably about six years which now i would say most of most of the riding i do is uh i do a little bit of dual sport and stuff up in like bald eagle state forest because there's a bunch of dual sport and ohm trails and stuff up there but pri oh. primarily uh motocross seems to be my seems to be what i like the most i would say cool. i don't i don't mind yeah. going out with on the trails and stuff with buddies and stuff everyone hooks their scenes up and can all chat and stuff it's always a good time but 
It's just right. something something about getting on a on a track and just just letting letting her letting her rip. It's just just always <laughs> gets always good, huh? always just really kind of been where, I, where I've always been able to blow off steam whenever I couldn't blow it off anywhere else. So you ride track, and now I do know that they have some enduro stuff up there in Pennsylvania. I think they run one in Pennsylvania, don't they? I think I think there might be a couple. I know there's just a couple like sporadic hair scrambles and stuff. Yeah, out and around, and I, I've thrown around the idea of trying to maybe do one of those at some point, but it's always <laughs> well. I mean, with my work schedule and stuff, it's for me. I'm all, almost always working weekends, so trying to like hop oh. into a race or hop on any enduro stuff, or even just you know racing any motocross, it's always like trying to plan like way way ahead for it, which makes it tough. But I haven't spent yeah. too much time digging too far into the enduro scene, but. More yeah, well, there's plenty to do in the track, so. Oh yeah, more I've been looking into it though. I kind of want to. I mean, a part of me is like I should just build like another bike just specifically for off road instead of trying to <laughs> make one do mm-hmm. double duty. But, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to find that good balance because you're always thinking, oh, I wish I had more suspension here, or just you know more power on the bottom end right here, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can it's never so find rough. a happy medium, truly. Yeah, because it's. I mean, you want it to be, you know, soft and supple, like to soak up big or you know, soak up some big jumps and stuff, like mm-hmm. on the track. But then all of a sudden, that same setup and like that tire setup too that you go, you start getting in, like some really nasty rocky terrain. You're just getting pitched all over the place, and like, uh-huh. and you almost end up not even having fun. You're, you're just you're just out there screwing around. You're like, what am I even doing out here? You drop yeah. it a couple times. Snapping levers and stuff off road. It's it's rough life. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah, I break stuff just about every weekend out here where we ride just <laughs> off the desert and rocks. So. Oh, I believe it. Uh so what do you currently ride? Uh right now, and I've I've had this one for a while too. I have a two thousand seven YZ two fifty, which mm-hmm. was good. It which is good, you know, for I like I like to say it's a great do it all bike because I've been pulling double duty with that thing for a couple couple years now. I've had I've kind of danced around on the 250F world a little bit, and I always just found uh-huh. myself like wanting a little, just a little bit more. And then right now I have a CRF 450 because I thought I should play around in the 450 game for a while, but <laughs> yeah, there's just some those things are just fire breathing dragons i <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just almost too much for me i i just don't feel like a normal normal human like mortals shouldn't shouldn't be on those things but people are oh, yeah. used to as one thing but it's kind of it's just so tough for me to hop on my two-stroke and then just i'm using tons and tons of clutch and just breaking the rear wheel loose and then you go and hop on my 450 and all of a sudden you don't need any clutch it's got traction yeah. everywhere and it's just like it just gets ripped right out of your hands half the time. Oh yeah, yeah. But well, there's, yeah, there's I have a very apt description calling them a fire breathing. Oh bird. yeah, they're there's things oh, just, they're nuts. But yeah, I bought my uh, <laughs> I bought my uh, YZ250 from a guy in uh, just small central PA town behind a bar on like a Friday night. I found it on I think I found it on Craigslist or something. Really? I don't even remember. That's but awesome. uh, yeah, I rode that thing for probably a couple months until I got the suspension done and set up properly for me, which was, I mean, that's 
to this day, outside of like the general maintenance stuff, like the best best mod I just truly think you can do is good suspension and tires. Is just mm-hmm. I think the best thing that everybody overlooks because everyone wants their Gucci mods and their fancy plastic <laughs> and graphics and everything. And then my one buddy always yeah. jokingly says, like, we're not racing plastics out there. It's like, I don't care if you're, <laughs> your bike's shiny. But, uh, yeah, since I've, since I've had that, I've probably put close to probably a hundred hours on it. I rebuilt the wow. top and bottom. I think I'm two, two or three top ends. in now I did a bottom end, the whole clutch assembly, probably, Oh, I don't know, 40 hours ago or something. And then, and probably 20 hours after I did that, I was started spitting up chunks of third gear because the bike. I mean, the bike has a lot of time on it. I, don't, I couldn't even know the total hours on it, but mm-hmm. so I did the transmission and stuff then. And now I just can't hardly can't hardly make myself let it go because she's got it's pretty much fresh top and bottom, fresh transmission, yeah. good suspension, and it's not like they've updated the YZ250 much in the last. Well, since 2006, well, really, like, anyway, but... Yeah, in 22, just, or, well, I guess 21 for yours, they did some ergonomics and yeah, yeah. heavy-duty brakes, but I don't think it's it's a, a lot to make me want to just drop what I've got and buy a new one and start all over. Oh, yeah, not a chance. Payment. I was really hoping this year they were going to maybe give the 250 to the, you know that like slight bump they gave the 125 was some like actually touching up the engine a little bit. And I was going to, uh-huh. I was going to sell mine, sell my Honda and I was just going to go buy a new one. But then once they gave the X models that update and just left the 23, <laughs> the same as the 22, I was like, well, <laughs> not this year. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll wait it out. Thought about I, a KTM, I'm, but I'm blue at heart. I think. Yeah. So am I. No orange pumpkins. But, uh, <laughs> I, I just wish that the YZs would get a six speed and a counterbalance motor. Like they would oh, be the yeah. ultimate weapon for me, at least in what I do. That'd be just a dream come true. Oh yeah. That counterbalancer. Cause I, I've, I've ridden a KTM 250 SX once. I think it was a, I can't remember if it was an 18 or 19. Regardless, it had the counterbalance. It it. And it's yeah. just, you don't feel it in the pegs. You don't feel it in the bars. And I just, I can't even imagine like, just like the difference between, just what that does for like just keeping it from getting fatigued and stuff. Cause my hands and uh-huh. stuff just from the buzz start like almost going numb at, after I do like a 30 or something. So yep. you hit that 30 minute yep. mark and all of a sudden they're just, they're just shake. I can't imagine trying to do a <laughs> you know couple hour hair scramble on that thing. I'd be, <laughs> I'd have to stop and take a 10 minute break halfway through probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's hear about your, about your crash and, what what unfolded throughout the whole day let's hear it <laughs> well uh me and my buddy were up at breezewood proving grounds it's out in breezewood pa kind of east of pittsburgh probably about an hour it's uh i've been i've been going there for for a pretty long time and they have a couple couple of different tracks they have like kitty track their intermediate level track and then what they call their uh advanced track it's got some pretty big doubles on it and uh pretty at the time and they had a pretty dang big step up. I can't remember if it was measured out to 100 or 110 feet. It was one of the two from uh, takeoff to where the landing was. And we That's were out huge. there riding, and oh, it's it was it was a big one. It was a one of those pucker <laughs> pucker jumps for sure, <laughs> especially for first hit of the day, just because you never know quite where the lips at or how the wind's blowing. Right. 
but and you can't see the landing from from takeoff either. Nope, no, you're kind of. Normally, what we were doing was we'd roll it a couple times. You could get like about halfway up, and normally once you know we'd get to that like halfway point, like you kind of had a good idea in your you head, like all right, this is probably going to be like I think I was hitting it like fourth gear, like pretty much not completely wide open, but pretty pretty revved out and then like once i got like on the edge of the face i basically just let off and then that way my nose would dip a little bit and it would settle settle pretty good on the landing and you're like margin of error on the landing was pretty it was pretty good it was pretty spaced out and safe for the most part but cool we were wrapping up for the day we'd been riding riding that track i probably hit the thing uh, i don't even know probably probably 20 25 times through the day and wasn't too many people hitting it, so the line I had really dug in in the center was like kind of getting pretty ripped up, and I was like, I think it'd probably be a little safer if I kind of drift out to the left a little bit because the wind was blowing pretty hard right, so I was kind of banking left a little bit anyway on the takeoffs, and that mm-hmm. way kind of blow back towards the center a little bit. So I was like, I'll drift left a little bit, and we'll just hit and go there. And right, my buddy was like, well, if you're going to go hit it a couple more times, uh, I'll pull the drone out and get some good footage, which is where the... <laughs> the very convenient video came from <laughs> and uh it was it was hilarious i that same lap he pulled the drone out i crashed which is kind of kind of funny yeah so <laughs> every time my buddy pulls his camera out i wreck oh yeah it's bad news you especially like towards the end of the day like normally like as soon as i say i'm going to go out for a last lap i'm like i should probably just be done i think i think that's a sign that i just shouldn't <laughs> go back out but yeah, yeah so i went around rest of the track felt good and then I pitched a little bit to the left like I planned on, and I just hit a weird kick basically coming off the face, and I knew, and it pushed me so hard right. And normally something like that landing about, it wasn't too bad of a case. It could have been worse, I think, if I was a little bit shorter, but looking at it, normally I'd just throttle out of something like that, but I was pointed off the track, and off the track it was just straight hard pack uphill. I was like... If I skip off of that and land on that, like, I might break both my ankles. I'm, like, having this conversation with myself in the air, and I was like, but if I just let off, my rear end's going to kick out when I hit the landing, but maybe I'll land in the mulch. Well, my bike landed in the mulch. I didn't land in the the mulch. The slow-mo zoom-in version of the video, you see my body bounce off of the ground, and it was... It was it was a pretty hard hit. For the most part, I've only out of six years, I've only really had two bad get offs, and they were <laughs> they were both on that track. But really, yeah, the I, same track. I same same track that just two jumps before that, just basically, and it was a lot earlier on in my moto motocross riding. But I uh, okay, kind of well, quite simply, it was I was trying to do stuff that I wasn't really wasn't really in my realm of talent to be doing (laughs) so uh but i mean you know i guess that happens you know going to the track and watching all the fast guys hit stuff you want to do it too but yeah yeah it was i basically i didn't get knocked unconscious or anything as far as i know i kind of i knew i knew i was pretty beat and my bike was still running so i quick was more worried about the bike than myself as most guys are Hmm. got back up hit the kill switch stood up and immediately i was like pretty sure my collarbone's broken because I could I couldn't pick my left arm up I could hardly move and uh my buddy came over and checked on me and then we basically got my bike 
back to the trailer and stuff. And I, I mean, I felt guilty having to cut the day short for him. So I was like, Hey man, I'll take the camera, do some video and you go out and ride. So I was trying to video for him. And after probably 20 minutes, he was like, dude, you look pretty rough. I think we got to get you out of here. So we left, went to the hospital, got checked out. And, uh, it ended up being just minor concussion, which I've had a couple of those already. So they told me to knock that off, but, <laughs> Got to keep riding. This is my right, like, the fun thing. But what what do you want me to do? Like <laughs> right. But yeah, AC joint, um, which is the it's just the small tendon and ligament or ligament that basically just keeps your uh, your collarbone and your shoulder blade connected to one piece. Was pretty much ripped in two. There's a little bit hanging on, but not not a lot. And then two cracked ribs and like i said in my in my comment on the story my ego was very badly bruised because that oh, that was october sure. so there was probably a good month and a half left to ride and probably and that was that one put me out but yeah, bike was sure. bike was good season. yeah like really? i didn't break no. i didn't break a i didn't break a fender bars weren't bent i couldn't couldn't believe it and i was just like this thing it's invincible i wish i was too but yeah. certainly not but <laughs> Going so back on it though, joint take? oh man, that was, dude. I think it was just about like three months until I was back to. I don't know, saying a hundred percent is pretty. And that's even a bold claim. It was probably about right. back to ninety percent that I could really start doing stuff back in the gym, and I was able to like ride a bike for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I think full full recovery. They technically say you'll never reach full recovery after you rip Ooh. it up that bad, but. I I don't really feel I, there's a little more movement in there now than there was, but I mean it's not I don't feel pain or anything from it anymore, so it's not. Oh, that's it great. doesn't really it doesn't really worry me or anything. But thinking back on it too, and I tell people this all the time, I almost obviously I didn't like losing that much of the riding season and getting all banged up, but that was really because that was 2019. That was kind of a turning point for me for my riding where I really started to focus and I was like, all right, maybe I need to ignore or think less about the big sends and the huge jumps and try to focus more on gaining speed in corners, like staying low on jumps, mm. like scrubbing the kind of like the like important stuff that really, really makes you faster as opposed to just yeah. going and just launching big jumps. And even since, since then, my, I didn't get to ride a ton in 2020 just because of, you know, military obligations and stuff like that but 2021 and this year my riding really i mean really it's just gotten a lot more proficient i just um i can go out ride longer arm pump isn't as bad i don't get i don't have a lot of the dumb silly tip overs and stuff anymore it's just it really really improved and i mean it sucks that it took took that bad of a beating for me to learn my lesson and but <laughs> Knock some and I, I, yeah yeah no yeah exactly exactly but i try mm-hmm. to tell anybody i know that's getting into it or anybody that's younger that's kind of getting into it like big the big stuff will come like focus on the small stuff now and the technique and all mm-hmm. there's so much good content and stuff on youtube now like mx factory's got great videos on riding technique and everything and then off-road stuff too there's uh the cross training enduro channel i can't remember the dude's exact yeah, channel name I but follow that guy he, a lot. yeah he's got he's got a ton of great content and stuff and there's so many good ways to learn without going and needing to bounce yourself off the ground off of 100 110 foot step <laughs> uh, up but man but yeah i mean that's 
that's about that's about what it was. But haven't had any <laughs> any bad get offs like that really and well since then that was probably the last last real bad one I had. So so far yeah, not doing not way. doing too bad. <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm banking on for the most yeah. for the most part. Well, hey, that uh, that video clip that you sent me, can I post that in the? Uh, in oh, the for sure. Yeah, the, go ahead. In the episode. Sweet. Oh yeah, definitely. That yeah. really puts it every... into perspective just how hard you hit. Let everybody else learn from my mistakes. That's what. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Maybe someone else won't have to do the same thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't. Doesn't sound necessarily like it was a mistake. More, more that you just you clipped something on the on the lip that you couldn't see, and it just sent you the wrong direction. Yeah, some something like that. Which too, I mean, whenever I changed up where I was sitting on the face, in hindsight, it probably would have been good to roll it or at least just half it, mm-hmm. maybe the first time and just see. But again, yeah. I mean, you live and you learn. It's something you, something I definitely do every time now. I've gotten I've gotten a lot right, better at reading right. track terrain and stuff too. Cool, very cool. Well, Brennan, I'm glad you're in one piece and you're actually progressing and doing better. That's always a good thing to hear. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you coming on the Dirt Bike Journals and sharing your story. Uh, that's that was great. I appreciate your time. Hey, absolutely. It was thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, I will talk to you later on, and, and good luck to you this this uh, this season. Alrighty. Hey, sounds good. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please help the Dirt Bike Journals grow by leaving a review and subscribing. And as always, if you want to share a story, send me an email to thedirtbikejournals at gmail.com.